The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... divisions to mark its passage. There is never a thunderstorm or a blare of trumpets to announce the beginning of a new month or year. Even when a new century begins, it is only we mortals who ring bells and fire off pistols. Time. How some of us can't wait for it to pass. How desperately some of us try to make it stand still. Oh. Hello. This is a surprise. Is it? Well, I suppose not. Why don't you come in? I, uh... I heard your husband wasn't going to be home. Which means we have the whole evening. You know, the minute I met you, I knew this would happen. So did I. I'm scared. Are we starting something we can't finish? Well... Let's finish one part of it, anyhow. Our mystery drama, The Long Blue Line, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mandel Kramer. Wexford in 1846 at the height of the famine. He arrived in the city of Brooklyn, where in time he became a police officer. Although he would never know it, since he fell at the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863, he had founded a dynasty. He has been followed on the police force by four succeeding generations, father and son, for over a century. It has never occurred to a descendant of Barney O'Neill to be anything but a cop. And for over a hundred years, fathers and sons, the O'Neills have been the pride of New York's finest. Dad! Come in. Hello, Terrence. Now, where's my grandson? Uh, upstairs being put to bed. Well, what am I standing down here for? Yeah, please, Dad, if he sees you, he won't go to sleep for hours. Will you drop by in the morning? But that's a long, cruel time to wait. <laughs> well, how was the vacation? Well... It was the first time I ever went any place without your mother. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It'll take a bit of getting used to, Terence. I almost flew back the very first night. But then I thought there wouldn't be anyone in the apartment either. Uh, Dad, do you suppose you should give up the apartment? I mean... Give up the apartment? My boy, that's where all my memories are. <laughs> well... On what meat do the O'Neills dine this evening? Well, Karen made corned beef and cabbage. Oh, now what did you want to go and do that for? Now, look, I simply cannot convince my lady that it's possible to be named O'Neill and not care for it. <laughs> look, would you pretend to enjoy it, will you, huh? Oh, you know me, Terrence. Everyone says I should have been a Broadway actor. <laughs> well, Detective Lieutenant O'Neill, what have you been up to the past couple of weeks? Oh, just wait till I tell you. Uh, Inspector O'Neill? Well, I'm on special assignment. Doing what? It uh, has to do with, uh, well, serendipity. Hmm? 
That would be one of your college words. True, true, true. But it's the basis of so much of police work. It means uh, you go looking for one thing and you find another. Well, I've been operating that way all my life. I didn't know there was such a fancy word to it. <laughs> uh, do you remember Oliver Barlow? Oliver Barlow? Mm-hmm. What about Oliver Barlow? Yeah, well, he was murdered uh, ooh, about nine years ago. Ernest Oliver Barlow. Stage actor. British subject. Murdered. Shot to death by a thirty-two caliber revolver bullet by person or persons unknown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, those are the facts, Dad. Oh, I see you remember. I also remember that the killer was never caught. Yeah, that's right. And the case was dropped out of the active files. Yes, so many of them do, Lord forgive us. Well... The case has been reactivated. After all these years? Why? Serendipity. Now, there's a Senate committee on national security, and suddenly, out of nowhere, that name surfaced. Ernest Oliver Barlow. In what connection? Well, they're tracing things back the past 20 years, and his name came up as uh, someone who used to be a courier. What else have they got? Uh, oh, nothing. It seems that uh, he was getting ready to come over to our side. So this puts the whole thing on another basis. But it's a case for the Federals. Well, they asked the commissioner to lend them a hand, so I was elected. Hmm. Did you know him, Barlow? Oh, you know, the way you know actors on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of him? I didn't like him. Oh, why not? He struck me as, uh, oh, kind of shady, shifty, you know. Mm hmm I would have figured him for a courier, but not espionage. Drugs, maybe. Smuggling, one of those. Well, do you have any evidence? Nope. None at all. Dad, I'm going to need some help. Oh, don't hesitate. Oh, I think I hear Karen coming downstairs. Hey, look, make a fuss over the corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> don't I always? <laughs> I look at my son and I'm very proud. I think he'll be a better cop than any of us. Certainly a better one than I am. What did he know of Oliver Barlow? That was nine years ago. Terrence was still going to college. Nine years ago. I was walking down Broadway. I stopped at the newsstand on 47. Hello, Swifty. Hi, Pat. Well, what's the good word? Betty's boyfriend in the fifth at Aqueduct. Ah, uh, that'll be just another milestone on your road to the poorhouse. No. As soon as I get even, I'm going to quit. Oh, hey, look. Huh? What? Where? See, heading this way. What a couple, huh? Who are they? That's Oliver Barlow and his wife, uh, what's her name? Lita Jones. They're starring in a new show, the 47th Street Theater. She's some dish, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll see you around, Swifty. Hey, um, how's Katie? She's okay. Tell her I was asking for her, huh? And tell her to hang in there. Sure. Pat, listen. You hang in there, too. Yep. You hang in there, too. He had a funny tone in his voice when he said it. Could he tell? Was it obvious? How had I looked at Lita Jones? I mean, certainly it's legitimate to admire a beautiful woman. But was there more than admiration? 
have to peel back nine years. How do I start? Look, shouldn't we be helping Karen with the dishes? Hey, oh, all she's doing is stacking them in the machine. Well, that's still an all... No, no, no. We'd only get in her way. I'm so you must be tired. Did you have a long trip? Well, I guess I must be getting old. You are... Oh, come on. Never. Maybe I better get me a good night's sleep. Tomorrow, I'm a working man once again, you know. Well, uh, do you want to have lunch? Sure. And you can set me off in the right direction on this thing, okay? Sure, sure. All right, son. I'll see you. Dad? Do you want to stay here tonight? No. I want to get back to the apartment. Back to the apartment. Of course, Katie won't be there. But that's where I spent my whole life with her. I'd walk down Broadway, and before I'd turn west, I'd stop for a quart of vanilla ice cream. And I'd pick up the papers from Swifty. I still do that. Hello, Swifty. Hi, Pat. What's the good word? Hummingbite in the fort at Belmont. <laughs> do you think you'll ever break even? Nah. I ain't gonna live long enough. Uh, I guess none of us will. What's new? Nothing. Uh, there's a new hit around the corner. Oh, yes? You... You remember this Lita Jones? She was married to that Oliver Barlow, the one that got knocked off? Yes. I'm going back eight, ten years, maybe, and nobody ever caught the guy. What about her? She's the star in it. I want to tell you, Pat, I ain't never seen such reviews, and I've been here on the street. It'll be over 60 years. You know something? She's as great looking as ever. She'll never get old, that one. You, uh, you had a thing for her, huh? Who, me? Not that you ever done anything about it. I know how it was with you and... Katie. Lita Jones. Lita. Would you remember me? How could you forget? It's almost ten years. A long time. A lifetime. And certainly it couldn't have meant as much to her as it did to me. Is it ten years ago that the old man sent me out on the call to her dressing room? Come in. Oh, uh, excuse me. Oh. Oh, please don't go. I'll slip into this room. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know... It's you... just that I... I like to relax freely between performances. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm Captain O'Neill of the burglary squad. No, did I embarrass you, Captain? <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, just exactly what was it that was stolen? Oh. Oh, I see. One of those, let's keep this strictly business types. My watch and my bracelet. Do you have a, uh, a description of those things? And possibly more. You see, I won't know until I go home this evening and check my jewel box. I never know what I'm wearing. I'm frightfully forgetful. <laughs> May I offer you a drink? Uh, not on duty. Uh, I'll need a list of the, uh, the stolen articles. And, uh... A description of each. And you shall have them. I will instruct whoever the chap is that handles my insurance to satisfy you in this affair. <laughs> Tell me, uh, where might they have been stolen? Well, here, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And uh, who has access to this room? 
My maid, my husband, and I, I suppose the cast, the crew, just about anybody else who happens to be passing by. Well, considering all this, do you think it was wise for you to leave valuable things lying around? Of course not. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever done a wise thing in my life. <laughs> well, hello, Joe. Oh, I didn't know you were engaged. Darling, this is Captain O'Neill of the police. Captain, my husband, Oliver Barlow. Mr. Barlow? Mm -hmm. Captain is here to investigate that tiresome business of the jewels. Yes, well, I rather thought he might be here on more interesting business. However, I shall not be going up to the house after this evening's performance. Oh? Yes. A uh, situation has arisen, may run late, and what with one thing and another, I thought I'd stay in town. What's her name, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, my darling. Was I ever one to kiss and tell? Hmm? <laughs> yes, well, goodbye, Captain O'Neill. Goodbye. You, uh... You, you'll get me the list and and uh, the description? Certainly. Well, I guess there isn't anything more I can do at this time. There isn't? Well, good night, Captain. Good night, Miss Jones. That look. That slow smile. It's been ten years, and I can never forget it. I walked out of the dressing room, out of the theater, and I walked home. I went upstairs into the apartment, and there she was. My Katie. Poor Katie. Hello, Pat. How is it tonight, darling? Well, it's no better, but it's no worse. I wish it would go one way or the other. Well, the doctor says I can go on like this for ten years. Do you need anything, Kate? No, no. Mrs. Sullivan made me comfortable before she left. I'm so sorry, Pat. For what? I've let you down. Now, what kind of way is that to talk? Well, what kind of a wife am I to you now? I love you, Katie. And I love you, Pat. There's nothing we can do about it. Yes. You just said it. There's nothing we can do about it. Would you like me to make you a cup of tea? Well, yes, if you like. I looked at her. The full cheeks were now hollow. That beautiful round face was now lean and lined. She was a shadow of the lovely Kate I'd married 25 years before. Oh, we were in love. So much in love. I guess that's why I took it so hard. Why I was at such loose ends. We drank the tea and we talked. And then I gave her her pill. The potent pill that would overpower the pain for the next eight hours. For the next eight hours, she would be dead to the world. She would never miss me. I suppose not. Won't you come in? You, uh, expected me? Of course. I heard your husband say he wouldn't be home. Well, if he were, he'd excuse himself. He'd go up to his room. Oh. 
That's how it is. Oh, my dear, that's how it always was. We make a good team on stage, and so it's more economical to be married. I'll have you know something. I don't know what got into me. I have never... It's just that I walked into your dressing room and saw you sitting like that. Well, at any rate, here you are. The minute I saw you, I knew this would happen. So did I. You see, it's destiny. And now why don't we stop talking about it? This were a motion picture, that is, an old-fashioned motion picture, we would now cut to waves pounding on the beach. Well, here we have Inspector O'Neill reliving an incident that happened ten years ago. By this time, we know it must have some bearing on an unsolved murder. But what... Serendipity, a term coined by Horace Walpole, inspired by his tale of the three princesses of Serendip, who seemed to have an aptitude for making fortunate discoveries by accident. And by accident, a ten-year-old unsolved murder is suddenly opened up, and it will involve two detectives, one a lieutenant, who is in charge of the investigation, the other an inspector, who happens to be his father. I came home later that night, or early the next morning. I was angry with myself. I had never, never, in overt deed or unspoken desire, ever been unfaithful to my wife before. And now I had broken my vow. And the terrible part of it was, I knew I would go back there again. To this laughing, wanton English lady. I would go to her again and again at the peril of my immortal soul. That was ten years ago. Now I must meet my son. And we will talk. And I will help him set in motion a chain of events that shall lead to my indictment for murder. I can't help myself. Such an expensive place, Terrence. Well, I'm going to pick your brains, Dad. Well, go ahead. What is it you want to know? How do I go about this case? Where do I start? Well, you're going back in time ten years, so mm-hmm. start with, uh, well, you could call it the environment. Broadway, the theatrical district, where he worked. And then go uptown to the Riverdale section where he rented the house, near where his body was found. You follow this? For sure. Reconstruct the time and the place. Mm-hmm. The days, the nights. Talk to people. People who were around back then. Just think ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Spend some time in the library. Go through copies of newspapers and magazines. Spend the next week doing nothing. Just put in your time getting the feel of it. A whole week? Terence, this is a different job from any you've ever been on before. It's been unsolved for ten years. They can't expect you to make a collar by tomorrow. I watch his face. I see how he reacts. He nods his head. He understands. He's going to crack it. 
I know that. He's going to find the leads. And he's going to go with them wherever they take him. Even if they take him to me. Hello, Swifty. Hi, Pat. What's the good word? Mary Bell and DeFort at Saratoga. Oh, Swifty. After all these years, don't you know that I never bet on them? Yeah, that's right. I guess my memory ain't what it used to be. Hey, I do remember something, Pat. Do you know that actress, that Lita Jones? What about her? She always stops by for the paper. She says, I'm her good luck child. You know? Yes. So, when was it? This afternoon or yesterday? Anyway, uh, she says to me, whatever happened to that handsome detective? You must have made some impression on her, hey, Pat? Yes, yes. I'll see you around, Swifty. Just a minute. Oh, hello, Dad. Terrence, come on in. Hey, thanks. Everything okay? Yeah, yeah, I was in the neighborhood. Uh, Dad, hmm? I am doing exactly what you said. Well, it's just common sense. <laughs> well, uh, tonight I stopped by the uh, 47th Street Theater to see this uh, Lita Jones. Uh, she was married to him when he was killed. Yes. So she's a natural person to talk to. Right. Well, I said to her, did she have any idea who could have killed Oliver Barlow? She said, open the phone book, pick a name at random. And then as I was leaving, she said, uh, Lieutenant O'Neill, would you be related to a Captain O'Neill? Well, I said you were my father, and she said, give her my regards. You knew her? Well, she'd reported a burglary, and I had been sent down to see her. Yeah, I read about that in the file, but it didn't mention the cop who worked on it. What can you tell me, huh? What do you want to know? The burglary. Well, some stuff had been taken. Uh, a watch, uh-huh. a bracelet, a necklace. Yeah? It seems she'd left it lying around the dressing room and it never turned up again. Anywhere. Mm. Insurance company paid off. That was the end of it. Well, did you have a theory? Well, he may have swiped it, her husband. Why? He was the type. But it could have been anybody. After all, she did leave it lying around, as I said. Mm. Um... What did you think of her? Oh, she's a good-looking woman. Yeah. Look, I have been going through the columns and such, and they say that she and Barlow went their separate ways. Now, look, maybe we have got a jealous lover who uh, wanted to knock off her husband. I thought he was killed because he was a foreign agent about to come over to our side. Dad, I'll run with whatever lead I can get. Yes, he will. And he's starting to find them. I could head him off. I could confuse the trail. I could lead him to one blind alley after another. And sooner or later, the case would lose all its steam and just disappear. The way it did the first time. Why don't I stop him? I can't. I just can't. Inspector O'Neill. Who is this? Why do you say that? You know who it is. Yes, I do. I saw your son. What a marvelous young man. Yes, he is. And he's followed Dad in the force. What a great tradition. I like him. Leader, what do you want? Why don't you come up to the house tonight and we can talk about it? No, I'm busy. You know, Pat, I've never gotten over you. Leader. Yes, darling. Please. 
simply to please don't call me anymore. Please. Lita. I hadn't seen her since that night. How could I see her after it happened? How can I see her now? How can I be false to Katie's memory? Listen to me. I was unfaithful to Katie while she was alive. Does it matter now? Yes. I must never see Lita again. Never. Not after that night. That night, Katie was better. Or was she putting it on for my sake? Pat. What is it, Kate, darling? Why don't you go out tonight? Go out? To a movie or a ball game. Oh, I can watch all that stuff on the TV. No, you should be with people. You like to be with people. I don't want to leave you alone. <laughs> Once I take the pill, I go into some deep, dark place. I don't know anything. I don't feel anything. Katie. I wish sometimes that I'd never come back. Don't talk like that. Pat. I think it's starting. Do let me have the pill. Yes, darling. Yes. Here you are. Oh. There, now I'll feel better in just a minute. Oh, in just a minute. And in just a minute, she was dead to the world. And in just a few minutes, I went downstairs and got into my car and headed north along the highway to the countrified section of New York, Riverdale, up in the Bronx. Lida was waiting for me, as usual. The hours went by quickly, as they always did when we were together. But once again, it was time for me to go. Will I see you tomorrow? Yes. We're getting to be like settled married folk, aren't we? Lida, I shouldn't be seeing you. Why not? Because it's wrong. Well, it isn't wrong exactly. It's more <laughs> naughty than anything else. But we shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> well, then let's stop. I can't. Why not? Because I love you. I have fallen in love with you. Oh, dear, you shouldn't have done that. I can't help it. I mean, it gets to be such a bore when people fall in love. But I said I couldn't help oh, it. Oh, don't worry, darling. You're not really in love with me. You think you are. And I'm just... How do you Americans say it? I'm just batting. Well, no, no, no. Pinch hitting for Katie. I love your slang. I wish I'd never started this. Darling, that isn't true. Yes. Well, it's time for you to go. Katie should be awake again within the hour, poor girl. I do wish there was something could be done for her. You really mean that, don't you? Well, of course I do. You're the craziest woman I ever met in my life. I can't figure you out. Don't bother. Just kiss me goodbye. Goodbye. Well, hello, Captain. Well, what are you doing in my car? Well, I could have asked, what are you doing in my house? But I didn't. Well? Yes, why don't you get in and sit down? Yeah. I thought I'd wait for you to come out. Of course, you could always say that you are here on that business of the jewelry. I would have accepted that explanation, even though it's three o'clock in the morning. Well, Mr. Barlow, 
Actually, you wouldn't owe me an explanation. Lida and I have our own lives. You see, we really know so little about each other. It's hard to believe we're so intimate on the stage and such strangers when we're off it. What is it you want to talk about? Mm, I could take a position, Captain. The position of a man who's found someone who was having an affair with his wife. I could seek redress in the courts, get a divorce, and so on and so on. But you're not in love with her. You don't even care about her. Yes, of course, of course. But I'm entitled to take the position of betrayed and outraged husband, uh, if I want to. Why would you want to? I don't. Then why are we having this conversation? Well, you're not her first affair. Or even her second, third, or fourth. A gentleman doesn't count. Well, I do know you won't be her last. What is your point? She seems to have a weakness for men. Is that because you're not man enough for her? Captain, I'm about to talk business. Therefore, you shouldn't bring personalities into this. Business? Precisely. What sort of business could I possibly have with you? And on that question, we must lower the curtain for our usual brief intermission. And during the interval, we may well ponder the nature of this proposed business. What business could a stage actor have with a police detective? If you've been following all the loose ends in our story, you can see a great many possibilities. It may be instructive to explore... Does the literature of crime contain any great criminals who were actors? Well, Mr. Booth, perhaps, but he was merely a one-time fanatic, and assassination doesn't count. How many master thieves, safecrackers, confidence men were actors? Well, they could all act, but were there any professional stage actors in their ranks? We're about to meet one now, Mr. Ernest Oliver Barlow. And now, Captain, shall we talk business? What kind of business? Well, from time to time, I may require some information. What sort of information? Oh, about various things. So far, you've said nothing. Well, I might want to know about the uh, current status of certain investigations. What sort of investigations? And don't say various investigations, either. Uh, when I walked into the dressing room that day and saw you, I knew you were going to have an affair with my wife. Yes? But the signs were there. Let's get to the facts. Uh, well, somehow, she always chooses married men, which is fortuitous for me, because I can always turn that to my advantage. Let's cut it short right here. You're going to make me an offer of some kind, right? Yes, right Oh, Get out of my car. You've got that English accent and those expensive clothes. You pass yourself off as a gentleman, but you're nothing but a punk. Well, you flatter me. In many ways, I'm even worse. Look, I'm a fourth-generation cop. Do you know what that means? <laughs> you Americans, you also worship traditions. Uh, the few that you have. No one in my family has ever taken a nickel. And no one ever will. The O'Neills that came before me and all the O'Neills that will come after. Mm, bravo. What a curtain speech that would make. Uh, but I'm not about to offer you any money. No? Then what? Peace. Peace? As I should say, peace of mind. For example, 
Suppose this little tete-a-tete you have so often with my wife were to become known to your wife. What are you saying? Yeah, why do you ask that question? You know what I'm saying. Now, I've made sure that a certain item will appear in one of the gossip columns. Uh, is it true that lovely leader Jones has absolutely gone bonkers on a New York cop? Now, suppose your wife were to read that. She doesn't read those papers. Well, it could be called to her attention. And why does that cop have to be me? I'll tell her that. You see, by that I mean I'll see to it that she's told. I'll deny it. Will you? Absolutely. <laughs> you know you can't lie to Katie. You'll confess it. Now then, shall we discuss business? Well? What do you want? The department has a squad. It isn't publicized very much, for obvious reasons. It's called the Subversive Activities Squad. We would like to know more about it. Who would like to know more about it? The people you're going to work for. I won't do it. And what's more, I'm putting you under arrest. <laughs> well, now that you've let off steam, let us continue. Now you listen. No. You listen, Captain. Now, what can you charge me with? This conversation? How could you ever prove it? I, on the other hand, need no proof to convince Katie. Because if the question comes up, you'll break down and confess. I'll expect you here tomorrow night with the required information. Tomorrow night? Yes, you're going to be here anyhow. Why waste the trip? I knew I was not going to betray my badge. Nothing in this world could ever make me do that. I'd turn my service revolver on myself first. And Katie... It was a terrible thing I had done to her. But she must never know... I would have to be dead first. And as I kept turning it over and over in my mind, death seemed to be the only way out. And then the thought occurred to me, why should it be my death? That night when I went out after Katie's pill, I didn't carry my usual off-duty revolver. I got myself a very special gun. A safe gun. One that no one could ever trace. And I went to see Lida. Patrick, there seems to be something different about you tonight. Yes? What? Something. I can't describe it. You're very quiet and thoughtful. So much more tender. <laughs> you know something, darling? I think I've fallen in love with you. Don't be alarmed. It doesn't mean anything, my falling in love. It never lasts more than six months. Lida. <laughs> Lida, I've got to go. Now listen. Be careful. I'm always careful. Yes, I know, but tonight, be more careful. Why, why do you say that? Why? Yes, why? I don't know. Tell me why. I... I'm afraid. I'll never see you again. She was right. But how could she know I'd never be able to see her again? Not after tonight. How could she know that? I guess women have their ways of knowing. They usually know everything. I left the house. I walked down the gravel pathway. And they opened the door to my car. Good evening, Captain. 
I see you're here. Well, I said I'd be here, and I've kept my promise. Have you kept yours? Do you have that list? Yes. Good. Where is it? Right here. <clears throat> now, where's his car? Uh, right here by the garage. I'll make it look as if he just got out of his car. Where's his wallet? Yes, and his watch. That ring. Let's see, what else? Yes, cufflinks. No crook would leave those behind. All right. Now, we'll see how well the silencer on this works. I guess that's all there is to it. Good morning, Kate. Would you like something to eat? No. I'll wait for Mrs. Sullivan to fix breakfast. Oh, poor Pat. He looks so tired. Oh, I'm okay. Promise me you won't be mad. About what? About what I'm going to say. Now, how could I ever be mad at anything you ever say? Well, then that gives me the courage to say it. Pat, don't stop seeing her. I don't want to know her name. It's not important. But I do know that you need her. And I just know that she's very sweet to you and warm and tender. Oh, Katie, Katie. So I'm happy for you, Pat. So don't stop seeing her. No, I must, Katie, I must. Why? Because it's a sin. Well, yes, but it's not a great sin. And it's one you'll be forgiven for. But I won't be forgiven for the other sin. What other sin? The one I had to commit for the sake of this one. But what sin is that? No, Kate, don't ask me. I can't tell you. I can never tell you. And I never did. She lived for ten more years. And I never told her. And I never saw Lida again. The show closed after the murder. It was classified as an armed robbery and forgotten. Lita went back to England. Now, ten years later, I sit here in my apartment... ...waiting for my son to come and arrest me. He has all the leads and he's the best detective of us all. Of all the O'Neills. Just a minute. Hi, Dad. Terence, come in, come in. You sure I'm not disturbing anything? Sure. How's Karen? Fine, fine. And little Patrick? Hey, Mrs. His granddad. You know, you haven't been over lately. Why not? Oh, I've just been hanging around the house. Why? Just like that. Oh. Well, I went in to see the old man. Yes? Yeah, I told him I, uh, I wanted to be taken off this uh, Oliver Barlow case. Why? I can't get anywhere. Why not? It is too old, Dad. The trails are too cold. The guy was such a flake, anybody could have killed him for any number of reasons. Yeah. Besides, let the feds worry about it. If he was a courier, there's got to be an international aspect to it. It's all beyond me. And besides, you don't want to arrest your old man. What did you say? Come on, Terrence. I raised you, boy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you how you did it. 
You went to see Lita Jones, and she asked about me. And something in her voice, her face, her eyes made you think to yourself, uh-oh. Oh, listen, Dad. And if you read the old papers, you must have seen that item. Is it true that Lita Jones is gone on a good-looking New York cop? Now, don't say that, Dad. And then you started to think, could it be me and Oliver Barlow? Maybe he was blackmailing me. Oh, come on, Dad. You never had that kind of money. But I'm a cop. And if he was an agent, I might know things that could be important to him. Dad, what, 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 what's gotten into you? And then you know something else about me, Terrence. You know if it was me that I'd want to be caught one day. And so you came up here and you searched the apartment. And you found the gun I used. And his watch and his wallet and his solid gold cufflinks. Dad, you don't feel well. Guess Mother's death affected you more than anyone thought. Are you trying to tell me you didn't come here? Well, I'll show you these things. I have them in a box that I keep in this closet. Dad. Well, well the box that isn't here. Terence, what did you do with the box? And with the gun and the, and the other things? I am not going to take you in, Dad. I can't. What did you do with them? They're gone. The bottom of the East River. Terence, how can I arrest my own father? You have to, son. Or you'll have to quit the force. And you can't do that. Son, it's not your collar. It's really mine. I wanted to be caught. You know that. Look up on the wall there. Barney and John and Dennis O'Neill, they keep looking at me as if to say, Well, Patrick, you've got to do it. Yeah, but to, but to do this for a punk like Oliver Barlow. Oh, yes, he was quite a gentleman on the outside, but a punk underneath it all. My characterization of him exactly. Come on, son, take me in. Dad, look at those pictures again. Barney, John, and Dennis. You are going to disgrace them. No, Terrence. I would disgrace them if I didn't give myself up. Now, you do understand that. Yes, Dad. I understand. Then what are we waiting for? Do you want me to read you your rights? There are those who say we are creatures of habit. Another way of saying that we act in keeping with our basic nature. For some, it is impossible to lie. For others, it is impossible to tell the truth. For Patrick O'Neill, it was impossible to betray a trust. Oh, he could hold it in abeyance for a while. But sooner or later, he would follow the call of his duty. For some people, a job is a piece of work that occupies the time for eight or any given number of hours. It is a task to be performed and forgotten. But to others... A job is a sacred duty, and how well it is done provides for them a measure of their morality. It is fashionable for the cynical to scoff at those who take their jobs seriously, but just think, without such people, how would the rest of us live? 
Our cast included Mandel Kramer, Marion Seldes, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.